the WMAY Morning News Feed. Joined now with Reform for Illinois, a nonprofit group that's focused on bringing about reforms for Illinois. And the executive director, Alyssa Kaplan, joins us here on WMAY. I'm Greg Bishop. And uh, thanks for taking time with us. How are you doing this morning? A little chilly, but otherwise great, Greg. Thanks for having me on. Now, we've got about an inch of snow down here, expecting another inch or so possible. Uh, How about you guys up there in your neck of the woods? It's coming down lightly, just enough to be pretty, but not enough to be too much of a bother. We'll see if it's a bother for (laughs) lawmakers who are heading down to Springfield. I saw the forecast uh, for the area does have snow uh, Tuesday night into Wednesday, and you've got the House coming back for in-person session uh, to take up uh, proposed rules. Uh, So we'll definitely be keeping a close eye on that. But I wanted to bring you on, and in no particular uh, order of uh, importance here, but uh, several things I definitely wanted to, to get reform for Illinois' take on, but real quick. Quick, for people who aren't familiar with your organization, give us an overview. We're a good government research and advocacy group that advocates for reforms that just make Illinois government more responsive. So whether that's campaign finance reform, election reform, ethics reform, um, things that will make Illinois government serve the people that it's actually supposed to serve. And you guys have testified, uh, especially about this time last year, you guys were testifying in committee, uh, the the Joint Commission on uh, uh, the, the Ethics and Lobbying Reform, I think is what it was called. Uh, and uh, you were right there along with uh, you know the Better Government Association and Change Illinois, these uh, good government groups, uh, giving some recommendations on uh, various types of reforms that can be brought about. Where are we at on all of that? There was a a pretty big ethics bill introduced in the last hours of the lame duck session. Um, This was following a long absence of any kind of information about where the legislature might have been on ethics. They were supposed to release a report by the Joint Commission that had been established to address ethics problems following that slew of indictments and scandals that we saw uh, in the last couple of years. But that report never came out. It was originally due in March, and then COVID came along, and then, you know, months passed and nothing happened, even though our own group and several other groups kept asking, you know, where is this report? Can we get some action on this? Um, And we didn't. And then at the last minute, this bill was introduced. Um, Luckily, it didn't pass. So we now have another bite at the apple and a chance to make sure that this time it's really done right and we get some real meaningful ethics reform because God knows we desperately need it. When you guys testified uh, last year in front of this uh, this committee on ethics and lobbying reform, it was it was in person. Uh, but now indication is, and we're seeing this not just from the uh, the state Senate with their virtual hearings on labor and commerce and health this week, uh, but you also have the House. They're aiming to um, set up rules to allow for some kind of uh, remote legislating and remote uh, committee hearings. Uh, where should we be on public access for, for these types of hearings and just public access to uh, the, the elected officials for constituents to, to have their voices be heard? Well, first of all, I want to say that we really, really hope and encourage the House to authorize remote voting. This is something that states across the union have done. We absolutely have the technology for it. Of course, it's not ideal. It's not perfect, but it's definitely better than the alternative, which, as we've seen, is for the legislature to essentially not meet, despite all the problems that they have now to solve. So we really hope that the House authorizes remote voting. The Senate has taken some good steps in that direction so that it can actually get to work. Um, And as for public access, that's another problem with having everything 
uh, offline, but no in-person meetings, right? I mean, normally, especially in Springfield, but, but elsewhere as well, a lot of legislating is done in back rooms, right, that the public doesn't get to see. There's a lot of, you know, behind the scenes wheeling and dealing. And that's more true than ever when you've got a, a, a pandemic that's um, forcing uh, the legislature not to be able to meet in public so that people can't participate in that process. So we really hope that they start holding uh, remote uh, legislating and remote committee hearings so the public can take its rightful place in the process. When it comes to uh, other House rules, uh, what would make for uh, a better way to govern uh, for the state? Uh, I've, I've had uh, one source tell me that it could open up uh, committees to allow for more bills to be heard, including those from uh, uh, minority Republicans. Uh, what other things do, does reform for Illinois think needs to happen in the House uh, rules in particular uh, to make things more open and transparent? Well, one thing we'd like to see carry over from the pandemic is more uh, is a provision for people to participate remotely um, in in public hearings, for example. So right now, uh, the process, the in-person process is pretty open. You can uh, go and testify publicly uh, in front of a committee and get your voice heard. As I said, it's one of the very few opportunities for the public to bring that process out into the light and make their voices heard. Uh, but you can't participate remotely as of yet. Um, so we'd like to see that held over so that people who don't necessarily have the time to go down to Springfield uh, and, and participate would have the opportunity to. That's just one change that we hope uh, the pandemic will bring uh, permanently. And when it comes to the uh, other kind of uh, laborious rules that uh, Republicans have complained about for years, have you guys done a deep dive into that at all? And uh, maybe some some things that, that that could make it for more fair, more open and transparent legislating? Yeah, we definitely encourage the legislature, especially now with this incredible opportunity of new legislate uh, of new speaker to take a look at all of the rules that have given, you know, just one or two people basically an iron grip over where legislation goes. Uh, this is something that the, the Republican Party has been complaining about uh, for quite some time uh, because of Matt, Mike Madigan's uh, hold on legislation, that stuff just goes into committee and, and cannot get out without his approval. So we're really hoping that Speaker Welch uh, will, will take a look at these rules and try to figure out a way that individual legislators have a better chance of getting their legislation to actually see the light of day. We're talking with Reform for Illinois Executive Director Alyssa Kaplan here on the WMAY Morning News Feed at 845. And uh, something else, too, that uh, you guys put out a release on uh, deals with the uh, voter empowerment package that uh, Illinois Republicans put out there. Three constitutional amendments ranging from uh, being able to recall all elected officials and even those that aren't elected uh, by voters, the Speaker of the House, the Senate President, and the Auditor General. Uh, but there are two others in there, including easier access to ballot referendum and also a measure to allow for the repeal of recently uh, past laws that may be unpopular. Um, you guys have reviewed these. What's your take? We think this is a really important step in the right direction. 
We don't agree with everything in the bill. We think in some ways it, it goes too far. You have to be really careful when you're talking about referenda and citizen initiatives because uh, there are so few restrictions on how these how campaigns can get funded in this country that we've seen across the country um, when you don't take care with how these things can can uh, take place. You get situations where they, the process can be hijacked by special interests. So, for example, you saw Uber and Lyft spend hundreds of millions of dollars in California to get led, to get a referenda passed that were favorable to their interests, not necessarily favorable favorable to the people of California, although, of course, that's a matter of debate. But there are a really important opportunities in, in um, reforming the citizen initiative process in Illinois. Illinois basically has no real way to amend the Constitution. It's been interpreted so narrowly by the Supreme Court that we really have no pathway for citizen-initiated um, uh, uh, ballot measures or constitutional amendments. And we've seen those play a really important role in other states in reform, especially in areas like redistricting or ethics. These are areas where legislators are really reluctant to undermine their own authority or give up some of their own power and just too invested in the status quo to, to pass them themselves. So Michigan and several other states use citizen-initiated uh, um, constitutional amendments to reform their redistricting process. And in other states, they've used it to establish ethics commissions that are truly independent, which is a reform that we and other groups have been pushing for here uh, for years without any progress. So we think this is a real step in the right direction. We hope it opens up a conversation on both sides of the aisle of how citizens can be become more involved in Illinois and really have a voice that they have not been able to have while moderating some of those, you know, potential pitfalls and excesses that we see in other states. Alyssa Kaplan here with the WMAY Morning News Feed. She's the executive director of Reform for Illinois. Something else, this is a final bit here, but your guys' website is is an absolutely wonderful resource for campaign finance stuff. Uh, nothing against the State Board of Elections website, but it can be somewhat cumbersome to <laughs> to delve through some of those numbers, right? You guys have it right there, real plain to see, searchable. Tell us about that. We think that's a really important way for ordinary citizens, but also journalists and researchers to be able to go and explore and see. It's really not just about who contributes to whom in Illinois politics. It's about who's influencing whom. And uh, if you go to IllinoisSunshine.org, you can get all that information in a user-friendly way and see who's contributing to your representatives, see who's got their ear. Uh, it's, it, it can be a really fascinating ride. So uh, we hope you'll visit the site and take a look. That's one way to put it, a real fascinating ride. But, yeah, the numbers, <laughs> they tell a story, right? I mean, it shows uh, where money's being transferred within parties. It shows, uh, you know, what may be uh, influencing one lawmaker and as far as campaign donations from a uh, organization or a union or a uh, company or so on. So uh, important stuff there, and uh, it's real easy to navigate. And uh, as, a, as a journalist, as a taxpayer, as a voter, uh, I'm, I'm greatly appreciative of it. Uh, Alyssa Kaplan, Reform for Illinois, uh, the website site's real simple, right? That's right. Reformforillinois.org. Or if you want to look at our campaign finance database, that's illinoisunshine.org. We'll talk again soon. I appreciate the time. Thanks so much, Greg. Have a great day.